Welcome to Mammal Talk, the companion podcast for the Blood Bowl Mid-Atlantic Mauling League. In this episode, we're talking about the final week of regular season play. Welcome to episode 19. In this episode, we're going to briefly go over week five, as it's the final week of the regular season here in season two. And then we're going to jump into who made the cut, what the matchups are, and who we think might come out ahead. So without further ado, let's get started. I am joined once again this week by Artificial Bunny. How's it going, man? It's going great. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good, except apparently I keep forgetting to hit record whenever we try to record one of these episodes. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we just finished up week five. It's the final week, not just of of Round Robin in the Dungeon Bowl, but the final week of the regular season. How sad. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, except I, you're one of you're one of the teams remaining. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to miss watching all of those games every week. Yeah, me too. Me too. But we've we've still got some games left this season, uh, and I'm, I'm already looking forward to next season as well. But uh, why don't we talk about what happened uh, briefly in the last week? Because I want to talk about the the cut. I want to talk about the top four teams. That are moving on Sounds to the semifinals. Good. All right. Let's go. First game. Of, let's go. <laughs> First game of week five was a Division B matchup. This was Bonsai Legends at Petting Zoo Players. Bonsai Legends was Underworld. That's Berserker Tempest's team. And Petting Zoo Players was Dark Elf. That's Doug the Minotaur's team. Petting Zoo Players already eliminated from the competition. They're not going to make the cut. Bonsai Legends has a chance, though. They would have to win this game to make the cut. It'd be a rainy day, though. It'd be a rainy day. That's not good for either team, really. Yeah, although petting suit players are more of a passing team than Bonsai Legends. Very true. They are indeed. They are elves. Elves love to pass. Even when you're dark elves, you love to pass. AG4, love to pass. Does I don't care what anybody says. Bonsai Legends would get caught in the left wide zone pretty early here in the first... Well, not early, but in the first half of the game around around the second quarter they get stuck in that left wide zone we talk about this all the time when you are not at center pitch when you're on either edge of the pitch you can think of this as like street fighter getting caught in the corner you lose a direction right you can't you know you can't run the ball across the sideline and this allows the defense to effectively get more powerful they there's half the pitch they don't have to cover anymore and that gives them half their players that they can then reaction, either double them up in front of the cage or enclose the cage. And that's what Doug the Minotaur did. He enclosed that cage. He stopped forward movement pretty successfully. It was a, it was a fantastic defense, I think, on Doug the Minotaur's part. And that would be 0-0 at the half. So not looking good for Bonsai Legends already. It was, it was I mean, that defense. Yeah, it, it was spot on and with underworld it's really tough to punch a hole when you don't have as much strength as the other player it's very true and and when you're fragile right underworld teams are about oh, yeah. 87 <laughs> yeah 
And el elves are pretty fragile too, but dark elves are the resilient ones. They have uh, a lot of AG8. A lot as in, I guess they're four blitzers. But still, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the second half of the game, Bonsai Legends would get a blitz on the kickoff event. Well, that's great. Uh, the troll would fail the really stupid role at center. He was he was the center defensive tackle. This is a problem, right? Because now that troll is not exerting tackle zones, and there's a big gap that's about to open up at center pitch. There's only yeah. two goblins on the line. Yeah. Uh, oh, he picked up Bomber Dribble Snot. That was his star player that he picked up. He tried to chuck a bomb here. He failed the pass. Uh, it was raining after all, um, and that would be a turnover. So this gave Petting Zoo players an opportunity to open up that hole at center pitch, uh, run past this defense, and uh, really all Bonsai Legends could do at that point. They had one shot, pretty small shot, at picking the ball up. Uh, they were allowed, or not allowed, they were able to get around the offensive line and try to pick this ball up. It was a marked pickup. Uh, five plus, he had the reroll. That's a little over 50-50 to pick it up, but, you know, those odds are... Not great, right? You're just kind of flipping a coin. Nothing I'd bet on. <laughs> right. Uh, he failed to pick up. Petty Zoo players would, would be able to score on turn 10. On the third drive of the game, Bonsai Legends would get to Petty Zoo players' 10-yard line with an undefended goblin. All right. He's got a score. He's trying to win. He's running out of time. Unfortunately, you got to take risks at that point, right? You have to. You have to do something. Yep. But there's nothing Petty Zoo... Uh, Nothing Bonsai Legends could do. Petting Zoo players would end up uh, recovering the ball, scoring 2-0. to zero, And that would eliminate Bonsai Legends. Um, good showing by both coaches, I thought, this, this competition. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought Bonsai Legends put on a really good display of what you can do with a, a TV 1000 Underworld team. And Doug the Minotaur obviously knows what he's doing with Dark Elf teams. It was so fun to watch. He, he is so masterfully tact tact i was about to say tactful tactical <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's masterfully tactful too <laughs> um it was it was so fun to watch his dark elf team as well uh these are two really good coaches and i really look forward to what they're going to do in season three yeah second game of the week would be jiggles all the way take the wood take the bad that's venger's orc team the reigning dodgeball champion take the wood take the bad that's my wood elf team I'd have to win this one to advance. I can't lose, can't draw. Other way, otherwise, uh, Jingles All the Way is going to advance. So Jingles All the Way would be down on TV. They'd pick up Hack the Looney. Boo. Boo. Hiss. Boo. <laughs> Yay, Hack. <And> <laughs> they'd pick up a wizard as well. Uh, we'd lose the coin toss. That means naturally we'd be on offense to start with. Typically a fragile team wants to be on defense to start, so they are guaranteed a full 11-player roster out on the pitch to try to defend with because they tend to it tends to be easier to score, you know, with an elf team, say, tends to be easier to score with fewer people and much harder to defend with fewer people. So we're on offense. Jingles all the way put Hack out on the first drive. So we had no choice. We had no choice, but we had to score early. We had no choice. And... I don't think that was a mistake on Wenger's part. I think he did that on purpose. Forcing you to uh, score early so he could recover it? Yeah, so he could recover and uh, win with the 2-1 grind. I think that's, I, th I think that was his plan. 
but we have to either we need to take hack off the pitch or we need to score because we can't we cannot suffer multiple turns of hack we just can't <laughs> yeah definitely a threatening guy to have out there for you for sure uh take the bad take the bad take the bad <laughs> maybe that's what i should call them take the bad take the bad Take the wood, take the bad. We'd uh, score on in two turns with the catcher. The catcher has sprint, so we had three GFIs to score. We'd go up one to zero. And that would take the loony off the pitch. I mean, that that was the plan. That's what we had to do. So uh, the loony would be gone, thankfully. We'd have a full roster going into the second drive of the game. But as we do, we forget to hit record on the podcast. We forget to set up the kicker where he needs to be. We set the kicker up in the left wide zone. We wouldn't be able to use the kicker. Hooray. <laughs> Guess what? The wood elf or the war dancer is now the kicker. <laughs> Jiggles all the way. We'd have an opportunity here to try to score. But on turn seven, we do the old, the old wood elf, the old war dancer leap blitz strip ball maneuver. That's where you negate the assists on one side of a tight cage you leap the word answer in, you blitz him, and so long as the blitz works out, whether it's a knockdown or a push, the ball's going to get stripped out of the ball carrier's hands and land somewhere. Uh, there is a skill that negates that, but that, that's the plan. Uh, we'd be able to knock the ball out of the ball carrier's hands. We'd recover the ball, uh, but that would be it for Jingles All The Way. We'd be in the lead 1-0 to zero at the half. So feeling pretty good at this point. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I have a shot. I'm like, all right, I'm up 1-0. to zero. I've got most of my guys. Uh, I'm feeling feeling good. I was down two players going into the second half. And and Wenger, to his credit, I mean, again, he's the he's the Dungeon Bowl champion. Like <laughs> he's he's the champ. So he's been playing this orc team very solidly. They're uh, they're the canonical Bashy team. He's been leveraging those black orc blitzers at strength four. Uh, just going in, taking the marks, trying to move that cage down pitch and open up holes. Just fighting, 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 bashing, bashing, bashing. He was doing a very, very good job. Uh, in the second half, we we would uh, try to figure out what we want to do here. So, again, we're very fragile. We don't want to take these hits. So we decided to back off. We just ran away from the ball. We ran all the way back to our end zone, about halfway back to our end zone. And Wenger did not take the bait for the early score right so if he if we give up all this yardage and he moves forward towards the end zone that puts us in the momentum right so we can either force him to score early and get the ball back and try to win this game or whatever he's he's the one that has to make mistakes but he realized that he doesn't have to win this game he only needs to draw so he's like you know what i'm not i'm not falling for your your tricksy little wood elf shenanigans i'm (laughs) I'm going to take my time. I'm going to move forward. I will retain the momentum and I'll score when I can. Yeah, so, and he kept himself really well guarded the whole time. He so good. I mean, tactically he was he was really spot on the whole game. I thought he played an excellent game. He's played an excellent game all competition. He came into this competition with a TV 1000 orc team. He was underworld in the Chaos Cup. So, he's down a bunch of TV um, but man, he, he's showing how to play orcs. You know, he's, he's, he's an orc player. <laughs> he knows how to do it. On turn 12, that's, that's when it all went awry. We were setting up our defense, uh, still felt very, very good. We kind of pushed him 
to a wide zone. Okay, cool. Feeling great. We've got, we still have a number of players on the pitch. The, the way you keep Wood Elves alive is you've got to play your odds correctly, right? Like everybody talks about the dodges and the dodges are fairly easy. But if you take enough dodges, just like if you take enough GFIs, you're going to fail. So you want to do the right action order, right? You want to get your free movements in first, put your players back into position, get your two die blocks, then you can take your dodges or whatever, right? Uh, often you can use the blitzer to blitz a player and then move him into position to either play some defense or give an assist for another block and so on and so forth. And so that's what we were doing. It was working out great. We had a two die block against a black orc blitzer with a war dancer, level four war dancer, Ethatica. All right, let's take this two die block. After that, we can reset the rest of our guys. Ah, this is going to be great. Feeling good. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make the cut. <laughs> and then there was the misclick. I clicked behind the black orc blitzer. I could feel my mouse <laughs> slip forward as I double tapped. Uh, I had, a couple of those in my last game myself <laughs> where I was like, I accidentally clicked and I could see it happening. And I was like, why can't I stop this? <laughs> right. right. It's, it's like a slow motion movie. You're like, Oh, no. <laughs> that forced, that forced the word answer to make two dodges behind the black orc. Failed the second dodge. We spent the reroll to try to keep this alive because this was a problem. Didn't work out. Uh, and we KO'd. Or not the reroll, the free reroll. Uh, we get KO'd. That's not only, I mean, yeah, it's bad that we lost one of our two war dancers. That's very bad. But more importantly, we couldn't reposition everyone else. So now we're really in trouble. <laughs> so now we're really in trouble. Uh, and that forced us to have to take significant risks to try to get back in into defense to get back into this game. We get an opportunity that if, if Nuffle was kind to try to get another leap blitz strip ball play, but we failed the leap. <laughs> we failed the leap. That's every leap I've ever tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that risky really. It's uh, uh, with a reroll. It's just under 90%, but you know, Again, you roll enough dice, it's gonna it's gonna fail, you know. So uh, and, and good for Venger too. By the way, this is something we don't talk about a lot, but when you have the momentum, one of the benefits of having the momentum in a game of Blood Bowl is that you make your opponent have to make the moves, and so your opponent has to take the risks, and your opponent is the one who can mess up. You know, he when we pulled back to try to goad that. That fast TD out of him, he said, no, 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 no. I'm not giving the momentum to you. I have the momentum. If you want this ball, you have to come after it. You have to come after me. And, and, and the reason that's so advantageous is because now you're forcing your opponent to potentially make mistakes. You're goading your opponent into taking the risks. And once I lost that war dancer, he was like, yeah, okay. He's lost the war dancer. I'm good. I don't have to go full on press my advantage. I'll make him come to me and he's going to mess something up. He's going to mess up a die roll. He's going to mess up a dodge. And that's what happened. And so I, I thought that was just another indication of how smart of a player Venger is. Well, that would be it really. Uh, Jingles all the way would score on turn 15 to tie the game one to one. And that would allow them to advance to the semifinals. Uh, that was a good game though. It was really fun Absolutely. to play. How could you do this to me? 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. You've already qualified for the for the cut, and uh, you're going to have to face him in uh, in the Division A Championship. We'll talk about that later, later in the uh, podcast. Third game of the week would be uh, another Division A matchup. This would be Womb Guardians at Nurgle Burgers. <laughs> Not much to talk about in this game. Fun to watch, though. <laughs> it was. It was a lot of fun to watch. Nurgle, Bo- Nurgle Burgle Boys was a Nurgle team coached by Nick Satan. He's already qualified for the Blood Bowl with a reptile dysfunction, his lizard team. He's in the upper bracket. Womb Guardians coached by El Nuberino. He's already qualified for the Blood Bowl in the lower bracket with the Pips Pippi Fan Club, another lizard team. They're both very gross teams. <laughs> On the kickoff, this was a blizzard, by the way, a blizzard game. Does, not that that really affects both teams. Well, Tomb Guardians, because they can only really move their... <laughs> their uh, what for movement? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So blizzards give make GFIs uh, fail on a two or less rather than a one. Tomb guardians don't move very fast. They're very, very slow. They're very strong, but they're very slow, and they have terrible agility. Yeah. I guess they're a little faster than the undead mummies, though. At least they're better pieces, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they're just playing better pieces. But Kemri needs something. <laughs> <laughs> Kemri needs something. So it'd be a touchback on the kickoff by uh, the Nurgle Burgle Boys. The, the Guardians would be on offense to start with. And speaking of those Tomb Guardians, who did he throw the ball into? <laughs> he'd throw it to a Tomb Guardian on the line. All right. That's cool. Let's go. Let's go. I want to see it. I want to see a Tomb Guardian touchdown. And that's exactly what we saw on turn eight. The boys could do nothing to stop this Tomb Guardian. <laughs> he just plotted down the pitch turn after turn. And got into the end zone on turn eight. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so awesome. The boys were suffering the mummy's curse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Guardians would be up one to zero at the half. In the second half, the boys would have no one back to receive the kickoff. They left nobody behind. <laughs> he was just going in to beat people up. And yet, it was another touchback. <laughs> I felt he had psychic powers here. Uh, so he put the ball into the hands of the center. That was the Nurgle Warrior. But the Guardians had excellent defense. El Nuberino, man, has been so impressive with this Kemri team. Like, I would flounder. I would I would be losing games 3-0. And I think Kemri's a terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, he had such great defense. Uh, he'd end up forcing the boys to attempt a pass on turn 15, which would be intercepted. <laughs> Not a common occurrence. Yeah interceptions on a six he got the interception uh the guardians would take that one one to zero even though those two teams are out uh the two coaches are not we'll see them back in the blood bowl fourth game of the week would be a division b matchup this would be tracksuit mafia at pity the ghoul this was number one and number two yeah i was definitely rooting for pity the ghoul in this one <laughs> i'm Man, sorry merrick this game <laughs> <laughs> Tracksuit Mafia undefeated going into this game. Uh, a skilled up chaos team. They're a kill team. Pity the Ghoul, a necro team. Skilled up necro team. Super duper scary, right? Scary werewolves, scary whites, scary ghouls, scary teams. These are two very scary teams. Both undefeated. Pity the Ghoul needed to not lose to guarantee their spot in the semifinals. Tracksuit Mafia already guaranteed their spot in the semifinals. Tracksuit Mafia and Pity the Ghoul faced each other twice before this match this season. Tracksuit Mafia defeated Pity the Ghoul each time. So Tracksuit Mafia in first place. They defeated Pity the Ghoul twice in the season. Pity the Ghoul's the underdog. 
but you can't count that Fred out. He's been killing it with this team. Literally. He's been, he's really learned that necro team, like the back of his hand. It looks like, yes, he has a truly scary team. On turn five of the game, Pity Ghoul would KO a Claw and Muddy Blow player for Tracksuit Mafia. Both these coaches are hunting these players, right? So when you have scary pieces on the board, right? You, and you have scary players on the pitch. It is in your best interest, if you can, to hunt those players down and take them off, right? We talked about that a little bit with the Take the Wood, Take the Bad, Jingles All the Way match. He uh, Jingles All the Way had a loony. That's a scary player. We want to take it off the pitch. Same thing here. Both teams have very scary players. Tracksuit Mafia being a chaos team with those kill players. Claw and Muddy Blow, that's devastating. Claw treats AV as if it's seven. Muddy Blow gives you the plus one on your armor or your injury roll. Pity the Ghoul recognized this and said, I'm going after your players that matter. And he took one off the pitch. Really well done. Merrick was doing the same. These guys were hunting for those players, using their blitzes, to take the important players off the pitch. Two coaches that played very well, understanding the nuances of the game. That's that's the chess match of Blood Bowl that I really like to see, right? When they're like, I'm going after him. Or when you watch Doug the Minotaur, I'm going to set up. You, you think you're safe from a surf with your strength four. Nah, I'm going to show you that you're not. Really well played. High quality stuff by both coaches. Yeah. Pity the goal's gotten really good at identifying those surfs as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, with his, his werewolves. The werewolves, of course, have Frenzy. That gives them the two blocks, basically, if the first one doesn't knock down. On turn six, Tracksuit Mafia would run the ball carrier alone down to the Pity the Ghoul 18-yard line. I, I'm i not sure why this was. I don't know if he got spooked or if he was like, this is my only opportunity to score, but there was no way that that ball carrier was going to remain standing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pity the Ghoul would get a two-die blitz on the on the ball carrier and knock him out. There'd be a short fight for the ball for a couple of turns, but the half would end zero to zero. Tracksuit Mafia, I, I'm interested in your opinion here. So Tracksuit Mafia, guaranteed to be in the semifinals. Was their strategy more about keeping their team healthy? Or was it more about getting the SPP, trying to get the win, trying to get the fan factor? Or was it some combination? I'd imagine that trying to keep his team healthy with uh like trying to get a little bit of spp before the next game is probably highest on his mind but i'd have to ask him uh in the second half of the game pity the ghoul would get the ball back into scoring range on turn 14 at this point there was nothing tracksuit mafia could do they'd stall until turn 16 pity the ghoul would win the game one to zero they would defeat tracksuit mafia for the first time this season Oh, it was such a good game. <laughs> really well played. That was such a fun game to Great watch. Great plays left and right. Yeah. And the whole Dungeon Bowl has been top notch. Like, uh, man, these coaches are getting so scary. <laughs> They're so scary. <laughs> Fifth game of the week would be Division B. It'd be Nehi to Nuffle at Genus Chaos. Nehi to Nuffle would have been in if Pity the Ghoul lost. If Pity the Ghoul lost, say, 1-0... to zero, or zero to one, I suppose, then Nehi to Nuffle would need Bonsai Legends to lose as well, which they did. And then Nehi to Nuffle would need to win two to zero. And then they would make the cut. So, spoiler, <laughs> they did everything they needed to do. If Pity the Ghoul would have lost, Nehi to Nuffle would have, in fact, advanced to the semifinals. Uh, unfortunately for Nehi to Nuffle, Pity the Ghoul won their game. So Nehi to Nuffle was eliminated at this point. 
Otherwise, not a whole lot to say about this game. Nehide and Nuffle would start on the offense. They'd score in turn five. That would put them up one to zero. Genus Chaos playing with their their aggressive play style as they've played all season. On the second half, Genus Chaos would be on offense. They'd put two journeymen back to receive along with the starting player. That's three players back to receive. Uh, I guess he did pick up the ball with the starting player. I guess he had the journeyman back there just because he wanted to start that cage back there. Nehide and Uffel, however, would recover the ball in turn 13, score in turn 14. More importantly, they'd score with the Bull Centaur and level that Bull Centaur up to level three. Great play. RIP, all, <laughs> all of you people in the semifinals. <laughs> uh, or going to the Blood Bowl, perhaps, really. Uh, final draft of the game, Genus Chaos would return the ball with a journeyman. This doesn't matter at this point. Genus Chaos has been eliminated. Nehide and Uffel has been eliminated from... The Dungeon Bowl, except, uh, but they will be in the Blood Bowl. They won the Chaos. Yeah, Cup. I was going to say, it probably doesn't really matter to him if he's in the semifinals this time, I'm guessing. Right. But just Chaos <laughs> on this final drive. They would return the ball with a journeyman this time. Like, that, that was already like, oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> they return the kickoff with a journeyman. They have the journeyman pass to Grashnath Blackhoof, the <laughs> star minotaur, who would catch it. <laughs> And then run with two GFIs to Nehide and Duffel's 12-yard line. He couldn't score, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe he succeeded on that. That passing play from the pickup to the pass to the catch, that was a 39% chance to succeed with the reroll, which he didn't need. If you count the two GFIs in with that and not using the reroll, again, he didn't need any rerolls. That whole thing was only an 11% chance of success. It's it's fun. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> it was it was really fun. I was glad to see it. I War Horseman, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, final game of the week would be Division A. That would be your team, a minor matter at Tainted Cocktails. This is Underworld versus Chaos. You versus Malik. Now we talked last week about this matchup and how Malik's getting very scary. And you mentioned that you were not going to take this game lightly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because you're up against this scary chaos. They team. are one of the kill teams. And yeah, I didn't want to be out too many players <laughs> by the next game. <laughs> yeah, he could, he could really do that to you. So going into this game, did you have a strategy against him? Like, were you like, I'm, I'm, I'm making it to the semifinals. Am I going to play it safe? Am I going to go for SVP? What was your oh, plan? Oh, man. I made the mistake of uh, scheduling my tabletop game earlier that day. And so I was a little bit flustered when it came to uh, <laughs> getting into this game. So I was like, I don't know. I was not quite in my best frame of mind, but I was like, as long as I just try and keep myself somewhat safe, that's all that matters. So you were already into this in the, in the wrong headspace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, still having a great time. So this was bound to be a kill game. And the reason for that was Malik's got this chaos team. He's got Claw and Mighty Blow. You're an underworld team that's leveled up. You've got the mutations. You can do a lot of the same stuff. This was going to come down to who got player advantage. And you guys were going to murder each other. <laughs> and that's, that's really kind of what you I did. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost that player advantage pretty quickly, though. He's got a lot of strength on you. <laughs> he, he does. Uh, Tainted Cocktails would start the game on offense. It was a sunny day, so it's a minus one on passes. That hurts you a lot more than it hurts them. Oh, definitely. 
uh, and it would be a sunny sunny day all game long. Um, on turn one, you try to chuck a goblin with the troll. You want to? What? Tell me about that. I was trying to toss him behind the cage just to put a little pressure on, just to just to have someone there to mess with his head a little bit. But that toss went way awry. <laughs> <laughs> the goblin did not land on his nope. feet. He needs to train a little more. And I, I even wasted a reroll on it, trying to see if he could land. <laughs> <But> <laughs> you guys both had made great use of Claw and Mighty, Mighty Blow. Again, we talked about how this was going to be. I mean, this really had to come down to be a kill game. You both had Claw. You both had Mighty Blow. You both made great use of it. You in particular, I thought, did a great job. I think it was your Blitzer that had Claw and Mighty oh, yeah. Blow. So you had Block as Mason well. Mason Drillbit. Mason Drillbit, right. The Skaven Blitzer. He would... Go and blitz. So blitzing means you get to take a movement and a, a block all in the same turn. You'd go move out. You'd take your blitz. And then you'd move Mason Drillbit back into protection because you know he's a high dollar target. And if you leave him out there to get blocked, that Tatekatkas is going to block him down. So you did a phenomenal job all game long of A, getting your blocks with him. Remember, this is a guy that's treating everyone as AV7 and you're getting a reroll on your armor or your injury roll. Every single turn, you take a block with him. So you'd go take the blitz, boom, got the blitz, move him back into protection. Go take a blitz next turn, boom, move him back into protection. You did a really good job of that. Thanks. It was helped a lot by uh, getting guard on Jackhammer, which is the other blitzer. I figured if I have them both work together, can use Jackhammer to kind of tie stuff up and then use Mason to try and surgically take them out whenever I can. Yeah, guard's a great skill. Guard gives you a plus one. Gives you the assist no matter if you're in a tackle zone or not. However, take the cocktails would... I mean, I think their offense was on point. Oh, yeah. Half. They, <laughs> they'd go score on turn six. Uh, I don't think they had to. I think they could have waited till turn eight. But I'm also... It's easy for me to say that when I'm not in the heat of the moment, you know? He scored 1-0 on turn six. No problem. Uh, very good. Very good first drive by Malik, I thought. Second drive of the game would have you in scoring position with an undefended thrower. So you, uh, in contrast to the game we talked about earlier in the week, you you were running out of time. You had to get him down pitch if you wanted to score. And there he is, all alone. He is a blodger, yeah, though, right? Yeah, I figured blodge and then uh, extra arms, which makes it easier to pick up if it's in a another tackle zone and whatever. Gives him a little safety. Yeah, it did. And it did give him safety. He wouldn't get knocked down. Well, he wouldn't get knocked down on the blitz. Ted the Cocktails would, t- of course, naturally take the blitz on that thrower, that ball carrier. He'd get a push. So when you get a push, you push your opponent into one of the three spaces directly behind him. He'd come in from the right side of the pitch. That means he's pushing you into one of the three spaces on the left side of the pitch. He has a choice to push you directly laterally, one space toward the end zone, or one space away from the end zone. He decided to push you directly laterally, and then he used his wizard. He used his lightning bolt, which I think was a good Yeah, call. I was surprised about that. I forgot that they could be activated at the end of the <laughs> turn. Right. Before your turn or, activa- or after the turn, yeah. Uh, really good call, I thought, by Malik here, except for the fact that he didn't push you a space back. If he would have pushed you a space back, you wouldn't have been able to score. Uh, I, I think he just missed the calculus on that. <laughs> It was seemingly pretty low odds of me picking it up and being able to do the GFI with no rerolls as well. But you did. You ended up tying the game up one-to-one at the end of the first half. 
and you'd be on offense in the second half. Yeah, he played some amazing defense in the second half. He Well, he would start the second half with a two-man player advantage. So it was 10v8 on the pitch at this point. So lots of lots of murder and maimings happened at this point. After about a quarter of fist fighting, you guys fighting back and forth, going after this ball, Tinted Cocktails would injure the level four Skaven thrower, your thrower, Boring Augur. He'd end up with a broken jaw. Everybody cheered. <laughs> but then your high-quality, world-renowned doctor, your apothecary, saved him, patched up his broken jaw on the spot. <laughs> very, very rare to not have the apothecary try and kill them. <laughs> <laughs> on turn 15, take the cocktails. Could have scored. He could have scored. He could have got up 2-0. He recovered the ball. He was all the way down by the end zone. Two GFIs is all he needed to score with. It was with a journeyman, so it was a loner, but he had a reroll. So even with loner on the GFIs, it's about an 80% chance to succeed. I was very surprised that he didn't go for the score there. Instead, he decided to stall. That may have been fine if he moved another player up to protect the ball carrier, but he did not. So now he's just outside the end zone. That player is absolutely 100% going to get blitzed down. That's exactly what you did. On turn 15, you blitz down the ball carrier. Cool. The ball scatters onto the sideline. You're like, all right, here I go. I'm going to GFI onto that ball. I'm going to pick it up. You didn't. <laughs> I, I was kind of expecting that. And I figured if it got tossed in, there was a high chance of it not going anywhere that would be useful for him so i kind of was using that as a <laughs> a tactic in itself so well that's pretty smart and that's exactly what happened the ball got uh, scattered out of bounds got thrown back into no man's land nobody could do anything with it at that point tainted cocktails had a slim margin to try to score on turn 16 he tried his best didn't work out the game went in on a draw one to one pretty good game i have oh, to yeah. say pretty good game tainted cocktails did a great job yeah, and again, I I don't want to I don't want to focus on one coach too much. We we talked about it a lot last week, but Malik's one of the coaches I'm really really looking forward to in season three in a bittersweet way. Like I I'm just so scared he's gonna murder whoever I pick up in season <laughs> three. So those are the games of the week. At the end of the week, we are left with four teams. So the way divisional competitions work in the league, in this particular competition, we have two divisions: Division A and Division B. The top two teams of each division will advance. They'll make the cut. They'll advance to the semifinals. The teams will get muxed back together into a single set of standings. And those top four teams will be placed based on their seeding. You ended up the top seed. You're going to play, uh, play the number four seed that's jingles all the way. Man, I was not um, expecting to make it this far with this team. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, right? You In the Chaos Cup, a minor matter, you won a couple of games, but you were low TV. Mm -hmm. Then there was a Spike Magazine trophy. Won a couple of games, but you're still fairly low TV. Now we're in the Dungeon Bowl and you go undefeated. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so I think that's a testament to two things. A, it's good Blood Bowl coaching on your part. And B, if you ever needed evidence of the power of those mutations on an Underworld <laughs> team, there you go. True. Very true. But I feel like Jingles all the way is much better team all around. And I'm, I'd say... I'd give it to Jingles all the way if I were betting. I honestly don't know. Who, I genuinely don't know who's going to win either of these matchups. There's two undefeated teams going into the semifinals, right? There's your team, a minor matter, the underworld team. There's Pity the Ghoul, the Necro team. We've already talked about how scary these teams are. Tracksuit Mafia is advancing. That's that's the scariest chaos team in the entire competition. <laughs> and then there's 
Jingles all the way. That's Wenger. He is the Dungeon Bowl champion. This is a scary semifinals, right? The way the seedings worked out is the two Division A teams are going to play each other. Two Division B teams are going to play each other. So we've built that a Division A championship and a Division B championship. Two undefeated teams, again, are you and Pity the Ghoul. There's only ever been two undefeated teams at the end of a competition in league history so far. That was knee-high to Nuffle this year, this season, in the Chaos Cup. They won the Chaos Cup undefeated with a record of 5-2-0. The only other time it's happened was last season's Spike Magazine trophy with the Baltimore Vloopadoops. They ended the season with a record of 6-1-0. You and Pity the Ghoul have an opportunity to be team number three here to go undefeated. <laughs> how, how are you feeling about your chances? So you, you already mentioned that you think Jingles All the Way is the scarier team, but... Surely you must have a plan going into the game. Yeah. Not that you need to reveal your secrets. I, I haven't given up, but I feel like I have a really hard fight ahead of me. Yeah, I, I think you have, I mean, you have those mutations that you can use to your advantage, right? You have Claw and Mighty Blow. Oh, yeah. That can go a long way. Yeah, if I get a player advantage, there's definitely a chance. But overall, I'd say that with the way that Vengar plays that orc team, he's going to be really tough hurdle yeah so the problem for him so yes orc teams so is a great coach again he is the champion he's the dungeon bowl champion but orc teams are also just solid they're solid at low tv they're just a good roster right out of the box so he's got he's got a viable team right from the right from the jump and he's picked up some spp along the way here in this competition I think he's going to want to try to hunt your high dollar players, but you've got a number of them, right? Mm -hmm. You've got Mason Drillbit. That's the the Claw Muddy Blow player. You have, I think your troll has Claw Muddy Blow, right? Correct. Yep, that's two players. You have your two throwers. They're blodgers. Mm -hmm. Those would be great to take out, but they're tough to take out. Yeah, and then two two two-headed goblins now. Oh, you've got two now. (laughs) You've got two two two-headed goblins. goblins. I briefly considered giving one of them a dirty player, but I went with... Two heads again. So that gives them each uh, a plus one on their dodges. Yeah. And uh, is it one of your throwers that has extra arms? Correct. Yeah. So that's a lot of skills that you have. That's a lot of skills that you can leverage. Your 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 ball carriers are really tough to knock down. You've got your two kill players that can murder people. That's That's a pretty big advantage going into the game. However, this orc team, they are not slow. They're not super fast. We're not talking Skaven or Elves, but they're certainly not dwarves. They have four Black Orc Blitzers. They all have a strength of four. Those are the key players on the roster. He's going to be playing a running game against you. You have options. You haven't traditionally passed. Now, passing is risky. There's at least two die rolls, often three, but I imagine you're still going to you're still going to threaten that, right? It's still on the table? Oh, yeah. And it's definitely gotten a lot easier now that I have uh, extra arms on one of the throwers. Yeah, apparently, apparently extra arms makes it easier to throw. Who knew? <laughs> so uh, it, that's going to be a really interesting game. I genuinely don't know who has the advantage. Uh, it's both. It's two really solid rosters, two really solid coaches. It's going to be a really fun one to see. I, I do not know who to give this one to. I, <laughs> I don't know who I would bet on, honestly. I'd bet on green. <laughs> but that's me, so... <laughs> The the other game in the semifinals, that's the Division B Championship. That's going to be Tracksuit Mafia at Pity the Ghoul. Ah, oh, the rematch. That... <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is going to be a grudge match. It is. It is right. So <laughs> so Tracksuit Mafia and Pity the Ghoul have now met three times this season. 
Tracksuit Mafia's won twice. Pity the Ghouls won once. Pity the Ghoul won the very last time. That was last week, week five. So it's two to one. Pity the Ghouls undefeated. Tracksuit Mafia is not. You met Jingles All the Way in week one, and you defeated Jingles All the Way in week one, one to zero. So I feel like we have two grudge matches going here, right? <laughs> yeah, I suppose you're right. <laughs> uh, Pity the Ghoul and Tracksuit Mafia is going to be an interesting one because they just played each other. So I think the tactics are going to be the same, but I think the strategies might be different, right? We, we mentioned how Tracksuit Mafia was looking to keep their team safe. That doesn't fly in the semifinals. Now they need to win. And in fact, at this point in the season, they're looking to win four to five games in a row if they want to be league champion. So at this point in the competition, you lose, you're out, you're done. So this is going to change his strategies. So what's the TV spread on this game? Uh, Pity Ghoul's at 1660. Tracksuit Mafia is at 1340. So that's 320K difference. That's a huge difference. That's <laughs> that's a lot of TV to work with. A lot of inducement. That's a lot of a lot of TV to work with. What's worse is Tracksuit Mafia is down two players. Ooh. Which players are they down? And th- yes, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> they are down. Bro Boris, this is a level two beastman with the block scale. Okay, fine. But they're down Bro Nikolai. This is their level three beastman with Claw and Mighty Blow. Ooh. He's out next game. They still have their uh, beastman. They have another beastman with Claw and Mighty Blow. But man, that is a huge loss for them going into this game. Oh, yeah. And do they only have 11 players to start with? They have nine. Okay, so... Yeah. They're going to have to buy those journeymen. Right. They're going to have to pick up 160K in petty cash. That'll bring them up to 1500 Okay. So it's only 100K that they're getting 160K, yeah. That's a wizard, though. That's that a wizard. That is a wizard. <laughs> but more importantly, I think Tracksuit Mafia has to live. So, so in fighting games, we call these mind games, right? Uh, Tracksuit Mafia, like the mind games have already started before the game's even begun. Tracksuit Mafia has to come into this game against Pity the Ghoul, knowing that they're down a key player and knowing that Pity the Ghoul's the one that did it to them. <laughs> the grudge is on. <laughs> <laughs> right. If Merrick can't get into that mind space of being competitive, like he can't he can't dwell on how week five went. He has to go into the semifinals here fresh. He has to say, okay, I'm I'm down two players, one of which is an important player. How do I mitigate that? Pity the Ghoul, however, uh, they've got, was this right? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They have 14 player roster right now. <laughs> oh, they gained another zombie, didn't they? Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, hmm. Do you think he might shed some TV? It's a definite possibility. He might shed some TV just to to lower the TV diff and not give up any money to Tracksuit Mafia. Pity the Ghoul, they have Balky, that's the level four werewolf, still in the game, but injured. His MA is down to seven instead of eight. Still pretty quick, but not super quick. He makes up for it with the extra AG, though. He has an AG of four. He has the block skill and dodge as well. So he's a blodger with frenzy and claw. Pretty scary. Uh, I'd say you should keep him then. Absolutely. (laughs) You should absolutely keep that werewolf. Uh, he has the level one werewolf that replaced Scooby-Doo, rest in peace. Uh, and then he has the two ghouls, right? MacGyver's the, the big one. MacGyver's level four. 
He has huh. sure hands blocked four and a strength. strength of four. Oh. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Blodging with a strength of four is just like crazy. Is, you'll never knock him down. You'll <laughs> never knock him down. <laughs> Uh, he has uh, the two flesh columns have block, which is not bad at all. The two whites have guard. That's not bad at all. He has two zombies with guard as well. I mean, this is just this is just an insane roster. It's insane. So scary to go up against. You know what? I think on this one, I will call it. I think Pity the Ghoul takes this one. Yeah, I think Pity I, the Ghoul takes this one. I think they have an edge. They certainly do have an edge, but they are two great coaches. Uh, Tracksuit Mafia has made the cut every single competition this season. Um, but has never gotten past the semifinals. So maybe he'll have the thirst. Maybe he's <laughs> he's like, I need to make the Blood Bowl here. <sighs> we'll see. I mean, they're again, they're going to be two, two really great, two really great matches. Let's take a look at these l- rosters for uh, the Division A championship uh, while I've got the rosters up. So your team sure. has a TV of 1,400 right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going up against Jingles All the Way that has 1,300. So that's a 100K difference. Not a whole lot, but nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. I was definitely considering dropping uh, Pick the Second, who has a niggling injury. Kind of feel like that might come to bite me at the wrong moment. Maybe. That's a plus one on the injury rolls, right? Correct. <sighs> He's a good player, but it's <laughs> it's definitely a risk. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. He Did he pick up Leader? He did. This sneaky, (laughs) sneaky man. (laughs) Jingles all the way. So I'm looking at their roster right now. It's a TV of 1,300. So keep in mind, he's picked up 300 TV, 300,000 gold in value in one competition. Not only has he done that, he's spread it out almost disgustingly well. Like (laughs) Three of his four black orcs have picked up block. One of his blitzers has mighty blow. He's got a goblin who has, I'm, I'm sorry, he has a thrower who has leader. He picked up leader that gives him an extra reroll so long as the leader stays on the pitch. Yeah. And that's a really good player to have leader on too. Yes, absolutely. He's going to have four TRRs coming into this game. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, But again, he'll be up against your roster, which is not bad at all. You currently have a 12 man roster, Uh, man. God, both your rosters are gross. (laughs) You've got, You've got the troll with claw. He comes with mighty blow as well, so that's that's very very strong. You have Mason Drillbit. We've we've discussed. He's got block claw and mighty blow. Jackhammer has mighty blow and guard. Boring Auger has block and dodge and extra arms. Steam shovel, the other thrower. He's picked up. Uh, man, he's picked up block and dodge. Oi! And then you have two two goblins with. With two heads. <laughs> man, oh man. It's disgusting. Pick the second. You were just mentioning he is the niggling injury, but he has blocking horns. Horns is great. Yeah. If I'm going to be uh, blitzing with him and not having the claw and mighty blow definitely <laughs> makes it a little less uh, useful. Sure. Uh, but it also gives you options against the black orcs, right? With True. four. True. You have a, a massive, I think you have the highest fan factor in the league. You have a massive fan factor of 10. Oh, do I know? That's you crazy. <laughs> You've got a lot of fans. So 10v4, that's a six. That's a six difference. So he can't beat that. So you're guaranteed to have the fame advantage going into the game. He's going to have a reroll up on you, though. He has 60k in the treasury. Let's see how much money you have. 
you have 130k, so that's that's a lot. So you've got money to spend between here and the Blood Bowl, provided you advance. I wonder, I wonder if that's going to be a, a factor in the Pity the Ghoul Tracksuit Mafia game. Pity the Ghoul has 50k in their treasury. Tracksuit Mafia has 90k. Probably won't be a factor. Uh, Tracksuit Mafia might pick up a Beastman just to avoid having a journeyman. But if they do that, they're probably not going to have a whole lot of money for the rest of the season. I guess they could pick up a Merc with Block or something like that, couldn't they? It could. Yeah, Man. it's really going to be interesting to see the way that they spend their inducements. You know what Tracksuit Mafia's Minotaur, Echo the Second? You know what injury this guy has? <laughs> Does he have a niggling injury? Oh, he has a fractured skull. His AV is seven. Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> And he's still on, he's still on the roster too. <laughs> so we'll see if he keeps Echo the second or not. I, I don't know, man. That's that's a risk, right? That's a lot of TV. Oh yeah, going into an AV seven player. So this Minotaur is a player with frenzy. He has horns. He has mighty blow. He has a, he's leveled up. He has the guard skill as well. That's all fine and good. But that means that he's probably wants to be taking blitzes with him and frenzy means that he doesn't get the choice whether to follow up or not which in turn means that if he is going to be blitzing with echo the second he's probably putting echo at risk of getting blocked back now echo has a strength of five sure but i have to imagine at av7 that pity the ghoul will will hunt down echo the second if given the opportunity yeah and with all that guard that he has it's going to make it a lot easier to get that plus two yeah yeah I honestly don't know what he does with Echo here. He might sack Echo, but maybe he doesn't. He's already down two players. Does he want to go down a third? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd probably sack Echo, personally. <laughs> I, I don't think Echo will survive for a full game. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think he should keep Echo, and we can make burgers when he's done. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So it's about to be an exciting uh, two games here in the semifinals. Again, regular season's done, sadly. It's all elimination at this point. We've got two semifinals left in the Dungeon Bowl. We'll have a finals of the Dungeon Bowl. After that is the Blood Bowl. It'll be a five-man competition this season. Uh, There'll be a lower bracket between two runners-up. That'll be Pip's Pippi Fan Club versus the runner-up of the Dungeon Bowl. Whoever wins that will advance to the upper bracket against a reptile dysfunction coached by Nick Satan. Nehide and Nuffle coached by Clypheus, and then whoever wins the Dungeon Bowl. And that's an elim- elimination bracket as well. That'll have a consolation match. So most, or all of the open competitions in the season doesn't have a consolation match. So there's a tie for third. It's not the case in the Dungeon Bowl. The Dungeon Bowl will rank all five top to bottom. Uh, so we'll end up with one, two, three, four, five matches. So we have eight matches left in the season. I'm looking forward to every single one of them. Me too, man. Me too. (laughs) And they're all bound to be good. These are all stellar rosters, great teams, great coaches. Uh, There's a lot of drama involved, right? There's a lot of vengeance and comebacks, and it's going to be super exciting. And I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. Uh, So I wish you luck in the semifinals. Thank you. You guys are already scheduled. You're playing... At the time of this recording, you're playing next Sunday, so September 11th, right? Correct. I wish you the best. I'm absolutely blown away that I made it this far and looking forward to this game. Uh, uh, it's all deserved, man. I mean, again, you, nobody beat you. <laughs> nobody beat you in the Dungeon Bowl. Uh, well deserved. Uh, I look forward to your team. 
and your play going into the semifinals. Best of luck to you, and best of luck to all four remaining coaches as well. It's going to be a blast, and I hope everybody uh, watches along and is, is as excited as I am. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me again, and um, I guess we'll we'll talk about the results of the semifinals next week, eh? Looking forward to it. That'll do it for this episode. You can watch the Mid-Atlantic Mauling League on Twitch at twitch.tv slash evaunit02. That's E-V-A-U-N-I-T, the letter O, the number two. And watch archived games on YouTube at Blood Bowl M-A-M-L. Be sure to check us out on the web at mammal.club. That's M-A-M-L dot C-L-U-B. You can also follow us on Twitter at Blood Bowl underscore mammal or on Facebook at Blood Bowl Mammal. Play Blood Bowl! You can play Blood Bowl online via Cyanide Studios Blood Bowl 2, or in tabletop form via your friendly local game store. Be kind to each other. Forgive everyone. Praise Nuffle! And may he bless your dice. <laughs>